Hello and welcome back to episode three of I Still Do. I am Michael, the male voice you're hearing. His name is Michael <laughs> and my wife's name is... Amanda. And this is the podcast where we talk about things relating to our marriage and family. And uh, this week we decided that we were going to talk about something that we're really passionate about, which is the topic of homeschooling. We were not able to post an episode last week. Because we were out of town in Rogers, Arkansas at the Teach Them Diligently 2019 Rogers, Arkansas Homeschool Convention. <laughs> and so I thought we were going to talk uh, this week. The first half, we'll kind of talk about our thoughts on homeschooling and our experiences with homeschooling. And the second half of the show, we will actually talk about this year's conference a little bit. Sounds good to me. So this is a little bit of a hard discussion to begin, but with our family... Amanda and I both have a very strong conviction that homeschooling is the best option for our family. And it's a very, very deep-rooted conviction for us. But first of all, both of us were homeschool graduates all the way through. And that's kind of always... We talked about it a little bit when we were dating, but it was just kind of... It was never really a question, I don't think. Yeah, it was kind of a given thing. We both had really good experiences, and we both wanted that for our kids from the beginning. And then as we grew older and matured, it became more of a conviction that this was the right thing for us to do for our family. So, I mean, there are a lot of benefits to homeschooling, and these are the things that we really grasped onto, and these are the things that we were able to take advantage of growing up, which is, you know, you're really able to know your children better than anyone else since you love them better than anyone else. And so you can really cater their learning needs to what you know that they need. That's a huge academic advantage. And then there's the spiritual advantage of being able to, while your children are are young, disciple them up and train them up and, and sort of catechize. Catechize? Is that the mm -hmm. right verb there? Yeah. Catechize them into, you know, the things that they should know, the core doctrines that you would want them to know. Ultimately, a person's spiritual well-being and the status of their, their Christian life is going to come to the choices that they make as well as, you know, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But a huge advantage to homeschooling is that you can take every single opportunity possible to know that your children have the correct teaching to the best of your ability. You can um, be sure that they're well-equipped. Which I find as a parent, just a biblical mandate for us to do that for our children. And I, th I think this is the best way to do that for your children. Not that if you send your children to another schooling option that you can't do that. But for me personally, I have such a strong conviction that this is the best choice that, you know, at this point, if it were at all in my possibility to enable homeschooling as an option, I mean, short of it actually being Illegal. made illegal, that Which would be... could happen. It could happen. <laughs> there are places where they try to make it happen, especially overseas, but that's something that I think we should do. But there's so many reasons, both academic and spiritual, and then there's also just the positives of being able to spend time with your family. Well, Once I was going to say kind of back on the conviction side of things, like we're told to raise our children to know God and like train them in the way that they should go in those ways. And just having that extra time with them is so valuable. Like I wouldn't want to give up those hours of teaching time 
just for them to see how we live our life and train them in scripture. There's so many things that you can teach children when they're just with you all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they can see you living your life as an adult and learn so many things through osmosis and through intentional teaching as well. And there's also just different opportunities for children to be able to see kind of different things than you would see if you were just, I don't know, kind of confined to a room of peers your age being taught at a normal normal school type situation. So yeah, both of us were homeschooled from the beginning. And I found it to be a very positive experience. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of questions that people always ask when it comes to homeschooling. There's what the, you know, do you always do you always do uh, school in your pajamas? Um, What about socialization? What about socialization? You know, what are some of the other stereotypes? Oh, there's a whole bunch of them. Just which I don't know. It's it's they're hard things to address and and. I know that there might be people listening that that want genuine answers to those questions, but as someone that was kind of raised in that environment, they just feel tired <laughs> because they're really, really like extremely surface level. Without they 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 feel from most people like questions asked without actually wanting an answer. Like they mm-hmm. intend them to be rhetorical. Sure, but I mean, like when it comes to socialization, I don't ever feel like I had a problem socializing both with peers my age and peers younger than me and peers older than me since I was constantly around those people. They wouldn't really be peers then. Well, whatever peers <laughs> means. Um, you know, older people in the church, older people, you know, my friends' parents, my friends' younger siblings. Mm-hmm. I've had friends, I mean, throughout my life, really, I've had a pretty diverse collection of private school, public school, and homeschool friends. There are opportunities for homeschooled families to get together and spend time together. Mm-hmm. You spend time around your siblings and your siblings' friends more often since you're all frequently around each other more than I would say the the standard public school settings. So, I mean, that's just, it, it never really felt like something that was a problem no i mean you do miss out on the standard school experience which is where you spend a a lot of time around people all your same age but i still had friends my same age Mm -hmm. and i think like one of the biggest growing markets for homeschooling is actually the like atheists that homeschool for the academic uh, benefits but when it comes to like religious families that are homeschooling a lot of the socialization questions should just kind of get thrown out if you're actively involved in a church. Sure. Um, I always had church friends plus, like, homeschool friends plus neighbor friends. Like, there's not a lack of people around you. No. And, I mean, at church, you're going to see kids your age. You're going to see the older people. Like, it's it, it was never even a problem. I've known homeschoolers that are outgoing. I've known homeschoolers that are shy. Mm-hmm. I know homeschoolers like me that are sort of in the middle and depends on the day. Just like public <laughs> schoolers and private schoolers. It's just kind of like actually personality differences, I think, instead of... Your educational choice? Necessarily your educational choice. <clears throat> I mean, as far as the question goes, do you just do school in your pajamas? Absolutely. Sure. No, it depends on like what stage your mom is in because, you know, they start getting super strict and we're going to start school at this time and buckle down. And then you get a little bit loose and start doing stuff in your pajamas. That just cycles through. And like, I don't know, it's going to change a lot. That's the nice, one of the benefits of homeschooling is inherently it has a different type of structure. I don't want to say it has no structure, but it has a different type of structure than your standard options for schooling. 
and that you can kind of customize them to your family's needs at any given stage. Mm -hmm. I think stages is the best term like you used to describe things because there's going to be stages where maybe you're doing pajamas, stages where you're getting up later, stages where you're getting up earlier, stages where job changes could happen and dad may be around at different times, stages where you have certain subjects that you're doing awesome in or stages that you have certain subjects where you're doing very poorly in catch up time there's different ways to work around that and so i mean that's a huge advantage that we mentioned but it really is one of the biggest advantages and i feel like if you're doing a good job as a parent especially in the situation where you're homeschooling you're going to recognize these areas in your children if you're the one teaching them and sitting them you're going to obviously understand what they're doing well at what they grasp and what they don't so you can actually focus or you know do whatever with those areas I mean, do you think it would be advantageous to talk about the academic benefits of homeschooling outside of what we've already discussed? We can touch on it a little bit. Typically, homeschool kids test better. I mean, there's definitely a rabbit hole that homeschool families can go down, which is like a form of elitism. But some of this forms around the fact that it, it seems that the studies indicate that homeschooled children do typically do better academically with you know standardized testing and and things like that and um i mean historically private education was the option that was preferable mm-hmm. to many people and it wasn't until you know we had different societal changes that public school options had to be made available just so you know, children could get educated. It was kind of a necessity of the time that historically in the times when people were essentially fighting to survive (laughs) for children to be educated, other options had to be made available or children just wouldn't learn how to read because they would essentially be stuck at home learning how to survive with like farming and homesteading back in the day. And so, you know, that's where those options came around. But up until that point, historically, Private education, home education with a tutor of different sorts or with the mom teaching younger grades was just kind of the norm. So I don't think it's as weird. Like, that's the other thing. Is like, I don't think it's as weird as people think it is now. If you look at the, the whole human course of history, it's, it's mm-hmm. only the kind of American section of history that we're kind of in where public education as the norm became the norm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't want to dive into some of that of elitism, but I do want to present this is not a a weird option. It's not a a hippie thing that was just invented in the 80s or whatever, where, you know, a bunch of parents just suddenly came up with an idea that they didn't want to send their children. I mean, absolutely. There were hippies that decided (laughs) they didn't want to send their children to public education. But the ideas are based in historical roots and the studies have been done to show that, you know, th- these kids don't end up like, are there incidents where homeschooling with the way that children were homeschooled or the parents that chose to homeschool their children had extremely bad things or they did it wrong or they were just straight up abusive or they were just crazy. Absolutely. These things happen in, in public schools. They happen in every situation. They happen, they happen in every situation. Parents can be bad and, and this can be, you know, things are crazy, but I don't want to let the exception be the rule in that this was a normal thing for a very long time. Our country kind of changed some things, and now some people are going back to this. It's it's not a strange thing. I, I really think that that's going away, mm-hmm. um, because you're having more people from our generation kind of come up into the workforce, and they realize that these people are not all psychos. <laughs> I mean, I'm, we're psychos in some way, but I feel like that's more it's due to different. our religious upbringing. Sure. 
than our homeschooled up. I mean, it's part, it, they go part and parcel because mm-hmm. it, that's the other thing is like when you are a homeschool family, it's such a huge part of your life that I still think of myself as a homeschooler, even though I've been out. Oh my word, I've been out of school for 10 years now. <laughs> this it's year, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And so, it I mean, that's corny, but it's true. But I mean, it is when you. When your children are around that much and you're teaching them everything like that, especially mm-hmm. in the younger ages, it is a lifestyle. And that's a way that you grow up. And it can appear culty from the outside, but I really just, there's so many positive benefits mm-hmm. that we discussed here. We could discuss more. We could go on for a long time about this. I feel like I sidetracked myself from a point I was trying to make. <laughs> I mean, do you ever feel like you were taking community college classes when you were still in high school, right? Yes, senior year. And so you were able to get, you know, dual credit for mm-hmm. some college classes that kind of to high school and college. Right. You didn't finish your associate's degree. But actually, I mean, the way that I was homeschooled, I was actually able to graduate high school with an associate's degree because I mm-hmm. started taking um, college classes when I was technically, I guess, a sophomore still, mm-hmm. my first class. You graduated high school and community college the same weekend. Which is, it's cool. It was awesome. And it gave me a good career opportunity very early on. And so like, I, but I don't do that because I don't think every family has to do that. I'm just saying these options are available. It's Mm -hmm. not like. They're not crazy. You don't, you don't have to be crazy. And then there's some people that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I still feel like there's a stigma of well, homeschoolers are super weird or whatever. And yeah, sure. I mean, it, it was weird that I was 19 with an associate's degree and I got my first job. But a good weird, not a bad weird. Mm-hmm. That was an advantage. I could have had my bachelor's two years earlier, but I don't like college at all. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it, came down, it came to me not liking college and me being able to... You already had a job. To work my career in a way that by the time that I kind of had more money to be able to go back to school... I had at least five years experience under my belt and it, it makes the decision kind of hard on whether you want to do that or not because then you actually have, a, well, we had a family. We got married when we were 20. 20. We didn't have a, f- we had Molly when we were what, 25? 24. You would have been 25. Yeah. So at this point now, it's a little hard to think about going back to school even if I wanted to because I guess I graduated college or, you know, <laughs> community college 10 years 10 ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. That's crazy to me, man. Yeah, it's insane. Anyway, I'm curious, if you're listening to this and you have other questions about homeschooling, at least like growing up homeschooling or ideas that, you know, whatever you want to ask us about homeschooling, if you have questions, you want to hear that kind of stuff, let us know, either by commenting on our, our post on Facebook or by, you know, you can send an email to I still do at whackmatters.com. And I'm curious because I don't know who all is listening to this and, and what they think or know about homeschooling. It's a very, it's a topic that could either be really passionate or really, like, I feel like it's a more controversial topic than it should be. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it is sometimes. And so I'm curious to hear what people's thoughts are and what they think of what we're saying. Or if there's questions they want to ask us about other stuff. In the meantime, we'll go ahead and play the message from our sponsor. And then when we come back... We will talk about kind of the Teach Them Diligently Homeschool Conference, our history with that, and then our experience this year. (music) 
So teach them diligently. What is teach them diligently? Teach them diligently is a homeschool convention. There are several events around the country. I know they have them in Nashville and Atlanta, Dallas, Denver, a whole bunch of different places. I think they went to seven different locations this year, but they have a collection of speakers and vendors. So you can go to different sessions throughout your time there and hear speakers on whatever topic you can think of related to homeschooling. They had marriage stuff. They had kind of like generic parenting stuff, curriculum choices, special needs kids, college, like college application stuff, high school transcript stuff, like anything you can imagine relating to homeschooling and like Christian family life. This thing's been going for, I think I heard eight years this year. I <laughs> I have not heard, but that sounds about right. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> we first attended Teach Them Diligently in 2015, mm-hmm. which was when you were pregnant with Molly. Yes. So as we discussed earlier, we kind of always intended on homeschooling our children. Um, the way that I had kind of understood homeschool conventions is that, you know, in a in a professional environment, whether it's at your career or even in a teaching job, you have opportunities for professional development. And this is sort of the homeschool equivalent of that, which is it's a training place. It's an encouraging place. It's a, it's a place to kind of... It's like... I, <laughs> So for people that homeschool their children, they kind of know what we're talking about. But I feel like for people that don't homeschool or understand what homeschooling is, this is a little bit of a confusing thing to explain. (laughs) Because it's essentially a bunch of different people. A lot of them write curriculum. Some of them are, um, they have ministries, Christian bloggers, bigger names such as like the Benham Brothers, Kent Ham, Ray Comfort, Todd Friel from Wretched Radio. Like they're, they're sometimes there. And essentially, you know, if you've ever been to a convention, it's that type of thing where you go for, you know, three days and there's different time blocks scheduled out and they have sessions that you get to choose from at every single time slot. And then you go and you pick your session and you essentially get to sit and learn whether Mm -hmm. it's about early childhood, homeschooling with children, homeschooling with children of different ages, as you said, all the different topics. And it's just sort of a way for you to learn a lot of things from people who have been in that place already, mm-hmm. which I find extremely valuable to hear about this information. Even though I was a homeschool graduate, a lot of this information is different to hear because you're seeing it from the other perspective. Right. Um, previously, we were students and frankly, children. <laughs> And now we are grown-ups, or as grown-ups say, adults, and uh, we're learning kind of how to do this for our children. Did we start a little early? Well, maybe. Sure, because <laughs> we went to our first homeschool convention, like I said, when Amanda was pregnant with We've Molly. gone for four years, and we have a three-year-old, so we're yeah. still two years away from formal schooling. True, but maybe this is just a homeschool trope, but... <laughs> we like to be prepared for things. I I personally, as someone that, you know, there are people in this world that might describe me as a nerd of, of sorts. No. I like to research things and deep dive things and kind of figure out lots of things about a topic. You are a planner. Yes. And so for us, it just... I want my information early so it. I can mull on it for a while. <laughs> and it made sense. And so, I mean... I feel like there were sessions, you know, every single year as our children get older, they seem more relevant. Sure. But there were sessions, even when you were still pregnant, that I felt were super valuable to know. Our very first session and our very first Teach Them Diligently was a session 
about infants and toddlers and how they uh what's the word for your brain neurologically neurological pathways yeah neurologically develop and so that was valuable even at that stage for us to learn that kind of thing so that while we were you know teaching our our molly our molly to you know suck on toys and crawl (laughs) and then eventually roll over and walk we were able to already have these things in mind and these were things that you know we learned while, while Amanda was still pregnant with Molly and then at every single time that we've gone since we've been able to pick sessions that focus on you know babies and stuff uh we haven't even really broached any of the curriculum the choice curriculum choices that much or older children's sessions that much but we we've had friends that we've gone with that go and they they're able to to get help with their there's a lot of stuff focused on high school age children and transcripts mm-hmm. and college and all of that stuff you know frankly i remember a little bit more of that Sure. Just because I was older when yeah. when we experienced that as a teenager. I don't know. I feel like this stuff is super, super valuable. The The reason why I think Teach Them Diligently is also super important is that based on the name, you may pick up on this, but it's actually <laughs> it's based on the passage in Deuteronomy that talks about how parents are commanded to, to teach their children diligently, the things of God. And so while there is so much practical advice for the ins and outs of homeschooling, it's all centered in the fact that the ultimate goal is to teach your children about God, teach them about the gospel, mm-hmm. and be able to disciple them into, you know, as mature Christians as you can while they're still in the home. So that when, you know, opportunity arises for them to grow out and be adults, they have as solid a foundation as possible while they are still in this this delicate stage of life Mm -hmm. and you can provide them with opportunities to grow and learn responsibility while they're still in a stage where you have more oversight over what they're learning and doing. Mm -hmm. And that is just a huge, huge function of this conference. It's, it's so much about the spiritual importance of parenting and how that relates to the practical um, nature of what you're actually doing with your children that I, I've described this, you know, in some ways as like a summer camp type thing for me, mm-hmm. where I get to go and I get to spend time around adults who are so like-minded in the desire to teach the gospel to their family and to have their family be a family that as a family unit glorifies God and teaches, you know, active activism in your church and service and all of the solid values that I think Christians should know. And I mean, I work a secular job. So for me, being around these people and being encouraged in these ways and convicted in these ways and learning in these ways is just an extremely spiritually refreshing time. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really love these events because that it gives a huge advantage to me, allow me to reset, me come back and you can go, okay, let's change some things about the way we're doing things. Let's reshape our day to be able to better emphasize the things that we actually want to teach our children because mm-hmm. it's so easy to be distracted. Reevaluate um, your goals and change your lifestyle to reflect those better. Which is hard for me because I, you know, I, I, like I said, I work, it was, I work a secular job. I don't actually get to see my children as much as you do because even, even in the homeschooling type situation, I would be working, you would be staying home and and doing most of that schooling yourself. Mm-hmm. So for me, being very intentional about the time I do get to spend with my children, being encouraged to do that and finding better ways to do that at this convention is very valuable. I see them a couple hours in the daytime, a couple hours in the nighttime, then they have to go to bed. But I mean, what what are your general sentiments about it? 
The conference as a whole? The conference as a whole. What are the things that you find value in here? What are the best things about being able to go to this conference for you? Or convention? Whatever it is. I I call it both words. I don't know which one's correct. Yeah, I mean, the same as you. It's just a really good time of encouragement. And I always come away from some of the sessions really convicted and like kind of motivated to make some changes in how I'm doing things and where my priorities are and what I need to be doing with the kids. And we always try to go to at least a couple marriage sessions. Those are always good. Hey, who knew that once you start having children, you just generally have less time to spend on your marriage directly. (laughs) So that can be valuable. (laughs) Also, like, this is a little bit, it's not really off topic. But your parents come with us to this conference, which is a huge blessing because we like to take our kids. We like to have them around. But also these are 50-minute lectures that we're sitting through, and that's not super ideal for kids. So Not for our kids. Not <laughs> for our kids. So uh, your parents take our kids and take them to the park and the pool and let them run around, and then we get to love on them between classes. And, um, yeah, we're just able to work on our marriage in that aspect yeah we get the best of both worlds where we get to see our kids every night but we still get daytime all through the day yeah it's like three full days of all day dates it's great so you're going to be the you know primary teacher in our our household based on the the way that we earn income Mm -hmm. what are the sessions that you have found most valuable to you already with a child of three and a child of one So we did a lot. We've always done a lot of like beginners homeschooling stuff, obviously, because we've been beginner homeschoolers for the last four years. Mm -hmm. It's just really encouraging to hear them talk about how, well, you need to be reading to your kids like a lot, which I I do. But sometimes it feels repetitive and not super important. It is repetitive. You will read Charlie the same book eight times in a morning. Absolutely. We read Go Dog Go at least 10 times a day. But... It's encouraging to hear, hey, this is actually super helpful and it's going to pay off in the long run. How about you talk about some of your favorite speakers that you enjoy listening to? I really like to hear Hal and Melanie Young. They've been at every conference that we've been to. They are the authors (coughs) of Raising Real Men. They have a podcast called Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Mm -hmm. I like all their material and they're fun to listen to. I think um, their style of speaking is unique and interesting and engaging they're a cute couple with eight kids cute couple eight kids six boys in a row two a little bunch girls of them at the end are graduated they still have some youngins so they have a really long varied perspective on the different stages mm-hmm. their oldest is our age and so she actually in some ways reminds me a lot of my mom she's way more outgoing but like her style of teaching and relating to our kids reminds me a lot of my mom so maybe that's why I like her and the thing about this is most of the speakers have a booth in the vendors hall and so you can go talk to them and ask them your questions and everyone is so willing to help at these conventions yeah it's weird because like at a business convention every single seminar is pretty much just a sales pitch in these situations It's such an encouragement that these people, I mean, they're recommending each other's curriculums. They're recommending each other's books. They really just want to help you on your journey. Multiple people have said, like, if you buy our stuff and it doesn't work for you, like, sell it to your friend or, like, figure something else out. Because it 
If it's not working for you, it's not working. Like, don't waste your time, even though it's theirs. Like, obviously, they want it to work for you. But every kid is different. Every mom is different. Every family dynamic is different. Like, you have to find out what works best for all the factors in your life. So what's another one of your favorite speakers? This year, we heard from Ray Comfort, which it wasn't so much about homeschooling really at all. No, it's just Ray Comfort doing what it's, Ray Comfort does. Yeah, it's it's everything Ray Comfort Which is making you feel is. bad and sharing the gospel. Exactly. He shares the gospel and no matter how how much you personally share your faith, it's you're, not as much as Ray Comfort. It's not as much as Ray Comfort. You're gonna go away from that session <coughs> feeling like you're not doing anything. I tried to I tried to make the comparison that Ray Comfort may be the closest thing we have in twenty nineteen to Paul. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I could come up with any, another example that would even be. But he's close. not like prideful about it. Like you, he's so genuine. He's funny. Like he was super fun to listen to this year and convicting. But that was my first time hearing him live. Live. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard tons of his stuff, but I've never seen him in person until last week. In previous years, we've seen like Todd Friel from Wretched Radio, mm-hmm. who um, honestly was really important for me like as we were super young married he was kind of the first person that i listened to to really get a christian perspective on what was happening in like current events as like a podcast like i'm a really big podcast listener and so that was really formula form formulative is that a form yeah um for me as a young adult into whatever i am now still a young adult (laughs) but an older one (laughs) Um, young adult and so that was some uh, a ministry that I really respected and looked up to. We were able to hear him mm-hmm. at a couple different years at the convention. The Benham brothers were really good. The Benham brothers are interesting to listen to because <laughs> they have the perspective of people that were living as Christians and, and essentially lost a business because of their, their faith. faith and what they said about their convictions. Mm-hmm. And so that's always an interesting story to hear. You know, they have a cool testimony about the, the different ways that God has worked with them throughout their life and allowing them to minister to people through different businesses. Israel Wayne wasn't here this year, but he's always good to listen to. He's another one of those where you always walk away feeling super convicted. We heard Ginger Hubbard talk about... I can't remember the name of her session, but it was disciplining your child, like reaching your child's heart, or reaching something. your child's heart, something like that. She wrote, don't make me count to three, which I've started. Re- I just got the book over the, at the convention. Yeah. That's a fairly well-known book. <laughs> it's an older parenting book. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was really good to hear. You know, my kids are one and three. Discipline is right up in my face all the time. <laughs> every, every moment. <laughs> every moment we're working on something. So... Yeah, that was really good to hear, really encouraging. In previous year, uh, or just maybe it, last year, I guess, last year, we were able to hear uh, Ken Ham. Mm-hmm. And that was cool as someone who has been educated a lot with the materials that he's produced in seminars. I've, hear, I've heard him you know, speak on videos and things, but never been able to hear him in person. And that was kind of cool to be able to, to meet him and thank him for his ministry and get to talk to him and hear him speak last year. It was really awesome. You got to hear Dennis Gunderson speak. That was just a men's session. How was that? That was good. It was cool because Dennis Gunderson actually came to our church um, this year or last year, I guess. Last year, yeah. Last year for our church's Bible conference and actually and taught there. I kind of got the vibe when he was teaching at our church that he might be at least pro-homeschooling. Yeah, there were a few things he said where I was like, hmm. 
But then I, I didn't realize that he actually goes to homeschool conventions and, and talks a lot and has books there. And Yeah, he's been going as long as we have. His sessions just haven't been like super relevant to our current stage of life. But yeah, so, I enjoyed hearing him speak at our church. Yeah, he, he gave the men's breakfast this last session and, and talked about, you know, how to be a good father and serving your serving God and serving your family and being the leader of your family. I don't know. It's just hard to remember everything because there's a lot. I mean, we we went to a lot of sessions mm-hmm. and sometimes they run together. Uh, you can purchase the sessions to be able to listen to them after the fact. And so that's something that we generally do so that we can go throughout the year and listen to sessions that we miss. Because sometimes there's two sessions at the same time that you want to go to mm-hmm. or you want to re-listen to a session that was really useful or maybe you didn't have a problem with the child and now you do and you want to hear what that is. <laughs> something suddenly becomes relevant to you. There's a lot of cool sessions or maybe it's like, well, there was something useful and interesting, but there's definitely another thing that like I definitely wish I could have heard, but I felt like this right. session was more about like there are sessions about writing and mm-hmm. I I like to to write and I like to think about the idea of writing fiction. So there's some of those sessions that we didn't go to talk about writing fiction because we went to another session, but I, I would like to hear those sessions. Stuff there like are that. several like history sessions that are interesting. I think that they're mainly aimed at like the teenagers, the teenagers that come. that are at the conference. Yeah, they have kids programs. And actually this year, I think they had a teen program. But anyway, they have like history and science sessions during the scheduled times as well that are super interesting. Yeah, th- there's always something else that I want to hear. Stuff stuff is really cool. The whole conference is something that's just so encouraging to me that I love going every year. Mm-hmm. We've been going to Rogers, Arkansas the last three years. Mm-hmm. And the it's area an, is really nice. It's a wonderful area. We're going in March, and so the weather is beautiful. Um, we're leaving the Midwest where it's still basically winter and going down to where it's actually spring mm-hmm. and nice. And uh, the hotel is nice, and it's... it's um. It's at Embassy Suites where they have two rooms so you can shut your kids in a room and they can go to sleep and you can still be awake. There's a bedroom and a living room. There's so many nice restaurants in the area that you can go to lots of different local places, places Mm -hmm. you've never seen of, and also a lot of fast food options if you just want something quick and familiar. Sure. Um, My parents are able to take the kids to parks and things while we're at the sessions and i don't know it's it's overall really great area darling rogers there's other there's other conferences teach them diligently conferences popping up in different areas that we could also choose to go to that are similar distances away i just really like going to rogers i think Mm -hmm. it's just a nice place to go for me personally i don't know do you have anything else that you want to bounce over I think we just about covered it. I think that there's, if there's one thing that I think I I would say, um, if someone asked me as someone that plans on homeschooling, as someone that was homeschooling, if I think that homeschooling is an option that someone else should consider, based on my personal convictions, I would say absolutely yes. That is an option that you should consider because I, with my convictions, do find it to be the best option. I think that there are scenarios where that's not it's not a possibility, though I think that if, you know, th- we've heard examples of if you really want to make it work, you can work. I think that it would be extremely hard. I wouldn't advise it if if a couple is split on the decision. Mm-hmm. If um if a wife or a husband wanted to homeschool and the other one did not, um that's a situation where it's such a lifestyle commitment and it requires so much support 
so much teamwork and support and and mental fortitude i I wouldn't recommend it in that scenario honestly regardless of which spouse wanted Mm -hmm. to to do it and which one didn't i i don't think that you could do it without that if both parents want to do it but are just scared and confused i would absolutely recommend doing something like the teach them diligently conference Mm -hmm. There's so many sessions that are based on, oh my word, I think I want to do this, but I have no idea how to do this. What am I supposed to do? What am I mm-hmm. supposed to start where? Like, I don't understand this. There's absolutely, that. that's a huge emphasis for a lot of people. And there's so much support for that there. Everyone a lot of is the speakers, to... like, came out of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and that is, that's the scenario where, I don't know about your parents, but my parents were in that scenario mm-hmm. where um, they both were public school. They didn't really think about it very much until they had a kid and then the option was available to them and they both decided they wanted to do it but didn't i mean a a convention like this would have been useful to them back then Mm -hmm. um but our parents were kind of able to figure it out from relative scratch and didn't have options like this until they were further along in that journey so that's possible if that's something that you have considered and you want to do don't let the fear of the unknown stop you and there are a lot of people who go to these that are in the same boat, like, don't feel like a convention is a huge step. It doesn't lock you in. One of the awesome <laughs> things about the convention that we didn't mention is that there are so many, quote unquote, types of homeschoolers that show up at these things. Mm-hmm. There are people that are much more conservative with their dress and with their teaching styles. I mean, there there's a lot of Mennonite curriculum there. Yeah, there were at least two Mennonite tables. And then that goes all the way. I mean, at a, at a Christian homeschooling convention called Teach Them Diligently, you're not going to get anything super liberal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but by homeschooling standards, you 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 can span a wide spectrum of conviction, personal convictions for for dress and style and what type of entertainment is okay and less okay. It's not what you would think if you imagine all homeschoolers are the types of people that only wear denim and never <laughs> leave the house or do it. Like there's so many different types of people and even to exclude people that have different personal convictions as yourself, I think is a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Never when I went to one of these conferences, even when dealing with people more conservative with different different personal convictions than me did i ever feel like it was a judgmental thing no people have different personal convictions and they feel like those are the things that god wants them to do and um there's still so many things that can be learned even in a scenario like that Mm -hmm. that i think it's really i mean that's just a nice christian thing to do to be able to fellowship with people that have different personal convictions and still be able to encourage each other and fellowship with each other in the gospel Mm-hmm. and in the teaching of your families so that's another awesome thing about it but there's just so many different types of people there that there's something for everybody it's really really valuable it's really cool really encouraging so i would definitely recommend that if you could go to teach them diligently and you have an interest or you are homeschooling and you feel like this sounds interesting you should definitely go mm-hmm. um i plan on going as as often as we can financially make that a thing that's that's possible we're actually registered for next year already. <laughs> because you are a planner. Because I'm a planner. So yeah, I, I would And definitely... it was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it was cheap. It's really That's cheap the... if you buy it a year in advance. The convention itself really isn't that much of the cost. No, it's like 40 bucks. For us, it's for more both of a us. travel home, uh, hotel kind of thing. Sure. I mean, if, if, you, 
it definitely for sure if you ever have one of these in your local vicinity oh absolutely and you have any go. question about it go it's not that expensive to take your family no um so if you, you buy tickets at the door i think it's 80 bucks for a family registration so, so it, it's not it's, a it's cheap yeah for like three days worth of yeah. sessions mm-hmm. so yeah if you um if you want to do that if this sounds interesting to you, I would recommend that you you check it out. Like I said, if you have any questions about homeschooling, you can ask us. If you have any questions about Teach Them Diligently, we can field that as much as we can with our, our four years of going there. You can comment on our posts. You could send us a message. We're on Facebook at Whack Matters, or you could email us at I still do at whackmatters.com. For me, this is a topic I feel like I could talk about a lot, so I really am trying not to just rabbit trail into a bunch of other things. (laughs) But if there is something specific that you would like to hear us talk about, definitely let us know. In the meantime, thanks for listening to the show. We hope you have a good week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the podcast that we produce here at WagMatters.com. Just in case you didn't know, We have a lot of different shows running right now. There's Life's What You Rate It, where me and my brother Mark rate everything on a scale from 1 to 10 that exists in the entire universe. Tune in, where Marcus and his friend Karsten talk about cartoons and their value for people of all ages. Of course, Whack Tracks, where me and a bunch of friends make commentary tracks for whatever shows or movies we might be into at the time. And our newest show on the network, The Music Matters, where my friend Trevor creates a discussion around all the matters relating to music. If you'd like to support the content we make here at WackMatters.com, please go to WackMatters.StoreMV.com and check out our merchandise section. We sell t-shirts right now, and there's more merchandise to come. Even if you don't want to buy a t-shirt, there is a donate button at WackMatters.com that you can use to support the content that we already make and to help fund creative ideas for the future. Additionally, this podcast is also brought to you by Audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com slash whackmatters, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial with audible.com where you get to listen to a free audiobook of your choosing and can continue subscribing for an awesome audiobook content subscription. Remember, that's audibletrial.com slash whackmatters. We love you all and hope you will continue checking out the content we make here at whackmatters.com. Have a great day.